Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us for the Season Gaming Bidcast. I'm joined, as usual, by Ains, and today we're going to be doing something a little different with a little coverage that we had with the Game of the Year Awards and also a PSX that recently happened. The main topic is going to be our favorite games of the year. And just to keep in mind, we're not going with our uh, overall just top games. We're going to be talking about different genres that we are going to cover. We're also going to talk about games that we personally found our game of the year, so they may differ a little bit. But we're going to be going with our normal format as we usually do. We kick it off with news, then we'll talk on the special topic. We'll talk about some new releases, the main topic, and then we'll go into collectibles like we usually do. And then we should wrap it up by then. So thanks for joining us if it's your first time and giving us a chance. So let's kick it off to Ains. What's going on with our news this week? We've got a lot of, I should say a little bit of news, but a lot of big news as it is. Yeah, hello everyone. So we're going to start with just kind of news from around the industry first before we get to the PSX and Game Awards uh, announcements. But first, uh, just want to touch on Destiny 2's new DLC, Curse of the Osiris. Um, Bird, I know neither of us have actually played this, so we're not speaking from experience, but I know a lot of our uh, friends are playing it, longtime fans of Destiny, those guys that have thousands of hours into it. And, uh, you know, it doesn't seem to be really thrilling them. Um, it seems to be rather short. The strikes are kind of reused again. There's not a lot of new content. Um, I've heard some decent things about the raid, but other than that, it seems to be rather disappointing for, uh, especially for $20, very, kind of very similar to the initial expansion for Destiny 1. Um, but the most frustrating thing and the thing that people are raising concerns about, and in fact, some people on PlayStation and Xbox is that have actually um, requested refunds now is that it's locked some of the original content behind a paywall. So if you don't own the DLC, there's a couple things now that you can't do if you just own the vanilla version of Destiny 2. And um, what many people may not know is that's actually against the policy of Xbox Live and PlayStation Network. And so some players have actually requested refunds for the entire game and gotten their money back now because that content is now locked. So what do you think about this one? Yeah, as, as many of you guys know that do listen to us or even follow us on Facebook, I'm not the biggest fan of Destiny in general. And if I had paid as much as a lot of people did for that season pass or are now paying for it individually from their vanilla copy, I'd be pretty upset as well. Um, I, not a big fan of when developers do this and you pay for something and then if you had the vanilla version and didn't pay for it, then you know, you're losing what you had before. So that's kind of unfortunate, but they're getting killed on the press on this and a lot of people are dropping off. So very interesting to see Destiny making some of the same mistakes they made from Destiny 1. So unfortunate in my opinion, but I guess they'll learn eventually, hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they've announced uh, how many active players they have now. I know it was pretty high to start, but, uh, you know, just from what you would see in the media, you would think that would be dropping off. So I don't know. Um, the other big news and kind of, you know, disappointing sales or uh, disappointing fan bases, I should say, is Star Wars Battlefront 2. And we've talked about this one several times now, so I don't want to harp on it. Um, but uh, the, some of the early physical sales data came out and essentially Call of Duty World War II is killing it. Um, you know, they announced over 4 million units um, have sold. 4.4 million, I think, was the number. Meanwhile, Battlefront 2... Uh, sold less than a million stateside and physical and less than 600,000 in the EU. Um, obviously, it doesn't include digital sales or anything else, but that is a, a massive uh, disparity between the two. And knowing that Battlefront 1 sold uh, over 13 million, I think, or 15 million lifetime, uh, it's kind of surprising to see Battlefront 2 uh, with such low physical sales. And it's probably a good indicator of the market response to all of the terrible press they had around the microtransactions. So, um, it is a shame in a way, um, you know, I don't, it can be good or bad, right? It could be good from the viewpoint of, hey, this may give EA that wake up call they need for future franchises, um, which I agree with. 
Um, but at the same time, you've got, as I've said before, you've got three development studios that poured their heart into this game. And um, it's actually a good game. Um, the campaign's pretty good. I'm enjoying the multiplayer a lot. I'm still playing it. I was playing it last night. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, and I haven't spent, obviously, any money. So I I don't know. There's good and bad in here. I think the people who are really, you know, really uh, going nuts about it and making EA out to be the devil are obviously, you know, overblowing it like they usually do. But anyway, I know um, I know that you've played Battlefront 2. You're not a gigantic fan of it, Bert. But, uh, you know, this is still pretty surprising to see the sales this low. Yeah, um, I think the uh, the industry um, in general, as far as social media goes, did affect the sales here. I think a lot of people are holding off or maybe just waiting to see if that whole microtransaction nonsense that was at the beginning is going to get fixed or if it's going to come back or what's happening. At the same time, Star Wars Battlefront 1 uh, did kind of amazing at the beginning. It slowed down and then the movie came out. So I bet you we're going to see an increase in sales once the movie comes out. They're going to be super excited from the movie as we're hearing. It's getting amazing reviews. And the only place you can really play a Star Wars game right now is on Battlefront 2. So I bet you the sales jump back up. I bet you they'll, it'll end up just fine. I just hope they don't make some of the same mistakes they've made from the beginning and go back to what they said they're probably going to do in the future anyways. So we'll see. Yeah, you're, you're probably right with that. And, and, you know, if you're just a family gamer, you know, you're not a hardcore guy that's looking to for your kids and you to play a Star Wars game, Battlefront 2 is a good one. You know, you can pretty much do it. It's got all the planets and heroes and everything else, the sound effects that people love. So... It is what it is. Uh, one of the bigger announcements from last week, though, is Square Enix did confirm that a new Tomb Raider is coming next year. Um, they didn't talk about the developer. As we know, you know, they have Crystal Dynamics who had developed it in the past, but Crystal Dynamics is supposedly working on the uh, Marvel Universe game. Um, so we don't know uh, who's actually developing this just yet, or we don't have confirmation of, of who that is. But it's coming in 2018, and they said there's going to be a major Tomb Raider event, and that when we first see the game, it won't be long between seeing it and playing it. So I think what that may mean is that um, we see it at E3, and then it maybe releases, I'm thinking, maybe August, September timeframe next year. But we'll, uh, we'll see on that one. Bird, I know you're a giant Tomb Raider fan, so this is exciting. Giants. Actually, everybody in my household plays Tomb Raider. We've all been fans of Part 1, Part 2. I've even turned some game, uh, some of my friends on to the game um, that weren't in, uh, initially, and now they played it, and they're like, it's one of their favorite games. Something else that I was kind of uh, just thinking about what happened is the movie comes out in March of 2018, which is right mm -hmm. around the corner. Uh, I'd be I wouldn't be surprised, I should say, if when that movie releases, there's a huge announcement for the game, and then we see it maybe this summer. Um, but they did say it would not it would come out pretty soon after the announcement. So I'm not sure what that means. Maybe the announcement is the day it comes out. Uh, who knows? Maybe it's the fall. But one of the things that is interesting is we haven't seen a thing out of this. We haven't seen a, a screenshot. We haven't seen any footage. So it's been a pretty good kept secret if that's the case. So props to them for doing so. You can't really do that these days as much. Yeah, and I um, both of these, Battlefront and Tomb Raider, I forgot about the movie. So good call. Um, that would be pretty interesting. I think it would probably be a smart move on their part because I know Rise of the Tomb Raider, despite all of us, you and me included, thinking it was an absolutely incredible game and in some ways better than some of the recent Uncharted, um, that it didn't sell even as well as the reboot. You know, I think it's like 11 million and Rise of the Tomb Raider sold 7 million or something like that. So maybe if they're thinking they uh, bring it out in the summertime when people are on a drought along with the movie or shortly after the movie, it gets a boost. So we'll see. Um, <clears throat> so there's some uh, rumors out here, or not necessarily rumors, but some, uh, some things you found around the Nintendo Wii and GameCube remasters. So what's happening there? Yeah, so kind of the negative news of the Nintendo Switch is we have yet to see a Virtua Console after that's been talked about so much. 
Um, there's been a lot of talk as to are we going to see GameCube games that weren't available on the Wii U Virtua Console finally come to the Switch, or are we going to see Wii games? What's coming? So what's happened in China, of all places, is the NVIDIA Shield tablet is getting GameCube and Wii games on there. Now, the interesting thing about that and why it's important to you is because that tablet uses the exact same hardware uh, that is in the internals of the Nintendo Switch. So what does that mean for you as a gamer that has a Switch? So right now, it doesn't really mean much because what's been mentioned and has not been officially confirmed is that this is due to some of the relationship that NVIDIA had with Nintendo um, when they were initially producing the hardware for the Switch. So does it mean that maybe they're getting exclusive content only in China? Um, one of the negatives is that is you cannot buy uh, an NVIDIA Shield tablet and have it here in the United States because it is region locked unless you get it unlocked in some form. But the biggest thing from it is that so far the game that has been seen played via camera in China is Twilight Princess. It was rumored to be running in 1080p HD, which is a huge deal because that game obviously wasn't running in that when it released. There was also games of the new Super Mario Brothers that was released on the Wii and then later on the Wii U. That was running on the Shield as well. And then later on, they teased uh, Punch-Out that came out on the Wii, which is actually a great game. It just didn't sell that well. Um, the other rumor coming from that is in the near future on the Shield that Metroid Prime will be released and you'll be able to play those games on there. So. Uh, right now, there's a lot of speculation that that means we'll be seeing some Virtua Console stuff coming in the near future to the Switch. But as far as a confirmation or anything from Nintendo, lips are extremely tightly sealed right now. And we're not getting anything. But So this is kind of almost a rumor in the sense to where we don't know what's coming, but it is factual as far as what's running in China on the tablet, not on the Switch. So big news there. I know a lot of people have been waiting that for a long time. Um, to see some of those GameCube games that are still very playable and have actually aged pretty well. Yeah, it's interesting. I think uh, with the Switch being a, a much bigger hit than any of us thought it was going to be, and uh, you know, even third-party developers now rushing to get their games onto the Switch, um, we still haven't seen, at least since the early kind of discussion, what uh, Nintendo Online is going to be for the Switch, right? Here we are in December, and uh, they pushed it back to early 2018, but we still have no details. So um, I hope it involves something like this, where you can play your older Nintendo games or those games you love from the prior generations on the Switch, because that would just make the the hardware even more impressive than it already is. So, and then um, something really kind of neat. Our last piece of normal news here before we get to the PSX and Game Awards stuff is uh, it was Mega Man's 30th anniversary last week, and they did a live stream from Capcom uh, highlighting some of the you know things about the 30 years of Mega Man, and there were some good announcements here. So. First, um, Mega Man X's, all eight of them, I think, if I'm going off memory here, but I think there's eight, um, are coming to multiple platforms, including the Switch. Um, and then Mega Man Legacy Collection 1 and 2 are coming to the Switch as well. So again, as we were just saying, great news for Switch owners and just more games from third parties coming. And then the biggest announcement, of course, was that the new Mega Man 11 is coming next year, and that's going to come to all platforms, including Xbox, PlayStation, and the Switch as well. So and they showed a brief trailer of it. It looks fantastic. It's a mix of that kind of 2D and 3D art where it looks old but very sharp. Um, and uh, it just looks really fun. So if you're a Mega Man uh, fan, Last week was definitely a uh, exciting week for you. Yeah, these were the kind of games that tortured me as a kid because I could never beat them. Um, so <laughs> I'm excited to see them and see if I have more patience for them now than I used to because back then I had very little patience in gaming. Something was too hard. I would simply move on to something else. So, um, But no, it looked awesome. The trailer was really, really well done. and got some amazing praise on social media and people excited about it. So we'll see what happens. It should be awesome. Yeah. 
All right, so let's move on. We're kind of combining PSX and the Game Awards here. There were actually more new announcements at the Game Awards than I think anyone expected. Um, so they kind of stepped it up this year. And then PSX, I think just between E3 and um, and uh, the Game Awards, there really wasn't a whole lot for Sony to show that was new. They've got plenty in the pipeline, of course, but nothing that we really didn't know about too much anyway. So let's touch on these. Uh, first, one that people went nuts for, despite it showing next to nothing, is uh, From Software announced their new game, Shadows Die Twice. So it looked a uh, really small teaser trailer. It looked dark. It looked kind of gritty and, and bloody. And so people, of course, thought that this might be the next installment in the Soul series, and it still might be. Um, but someone else threw out a theory that uh, back in 1998, From Software, actually one of their original games was called Shadow Tower. And it was a first-person ARPG. Um, so just the fact that this is called Shadows Die Twice may be a follow-up to that game and really what would at this point in time be considered a new IP uh, for From Software. So it could be a, could be interesting. Uh, looking forward to seeing it. Naturally, it got praise. From Software has uh, really garnered themselves a, a popular reputation after Bloodborne and the Souls game. So we'll see what comes out of this one. One last note on it. The developer posted on Twitter, one of the developers said that look for news on this over the next 12 months. So basically confirming that this game will not be released until 2019. Wow. Yeah, these games are works of art, by the way, folks. If you have the patience to go through them and give them a try, they're anything from From Software is pretty much gold. So um, look forward to it. I, I That teaser was such a teaser, and the, the, fan, the fan, I guess, reaction was kind of nuts. So we can't wait for that. Yeah, it only took them showing the From Software logo. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're starting to garner that type of reputation. Like if you see the Rockstar logo, people immediately go nuts, you know? So interesting. Um, PUBG, the hottest game in the world right now. Uh, launch trailer came out at the Game Awards for Xbox. So it was a, a new trailer for that. Uh, the 1.0 release. So finally, the, the finished production release of the game for PC is coming on December 20th. And then they also showed the first real footage, <clears throat> excuse me, of the desert map named Miranmar which is uh, on the player test servers right now. So they not only showed the footage, but they announced that you could go play it that night. And so people have been playing it for uh, the past few days and it's getting really high praise. Uh, people are saying it's kind of a step up for PUBG. It's taking that game to the next level. So uh, pretty impressive between the Xbox releasing, version releasing, 1.0 release, the new map. And uh, just one interesting piece of uh, news that came out is uh, the Coalition, makers of Gears of War, one of our favorite franchises that we talk about all the time, supposedly sent developers to help uh, Microsoft and Bluehole bring the Xbox version of PUBG you know, to reality so that they could release it this year. So pretty interesting there. But I'm looking forward to this on Tuesday. See, now all we need to see is Battle Royale mode on a Gears game. Yeah, we'll freak out. <laughs> Could you I'm imagine? No longer getting help from anybody. <laughs> Could you imagine a hundred people in gears? Gee, you wouldn't even be able to see the screen. There'd be so much blood and guts everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Something else is um, I think I heard at the game awards that a uh, 1.0 release was in the pipeline for console as well. Is that what I heard correctly? That it's coming. Yeah. <clears throat> so it is a separate development. Um, 1.0 release is essentially what is coming to the Xbox on tuesday but the uh the desert map and the additional so two things the desert map is not coming to live servers for everyone until early 2018 so that's not going to be there at launch and then the xbox one x enhancements for PUBG are not coming till 2018 as well so yeah. like 4k support uh you know they did mention that hdr was going to be there um at launch uh this was several weeks ago they mentioned that but i haven't actually seen confirmation since then that there's going to be hdr launch i'm not actually sure i guess we'll see in a couple days 
Um, <clears throat> so this one, uh, I don't know if this interests you, Bert, me not too much nowadays, but Soul Calibur 6 was announced. Um, they came out, Bandai Namco did, and kind of um, had the, the director on the game come out and, and talk about, uh, you know, a soul still burning. So it was a pretty neat moment because Soul Calibur is one of those franchises that's been around for a very long time. Everyone, you know, that's our age or even younger remembers when Soul Calibur released on the Dreamcast and kind of turned the world upside down. But yeah. um yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan nowadays, but this is pretty cool. There is a, a dedicated hardcore group of Soul Calibur fans out there, so this had to be exciting. Yeah, out of nowhere for starters. I mean, I never yeah. even thought that we would see another Soul Calibur game, so I guess that's really cool for fans of that. One thing I will say is, as you mentioned, when that came out on Dreamcast, that was that was my jam. I used to play Soul <laughs> Calibur multiple times. Me and Killick go way back. Um, I think that but, game got uh, like all tens. Like everyone was playing that, you know, nonstop. Yeah. Funny enough, I, I tried it on my Dreamcast probably about six months ago, and it's still fun. Funny enough. Oh, really? I thought you were going to yeah. say it's just horrible now. Like you wouldn't. Even no, it's actually aged pretty well. Um, and I, funny enough, one of one of my buddies that, that you play with sometimes on Call of Duty who cracks us up. I won't mention any names. <laughs> huge Soul Caliber fan. He'll probably buy it. But um, to your point, from what you first started with, I think fighters in general take a lot more for me to get into these days. So your Tekken's and Dead or Alive's and all those, I I just can't get into them. Even Street Fighter, which is sad. Um, has just grown kind of stale for me. So I, I'll take a look at it. Hopefully there's a demo um, when that comes out and we can see closer. But at, at the moment, cool. That's all I can say about it. Yay. <laughs> all right, so let's move on to our favorite game. Um, sarcasm fully intended. And that's uh, Death Stranding. So Death Stranding was obviously the big news. Um, Hideo Kojima was there, as was um, Norman Reedus. Reedus, excuse me and uh Guillermo del Toro and they showed an eight minute long trailer for Death Stranding which again was very similar to the prior ones it was a video very bizarre um showed a little more of what we could expect in the world but again incredibly bizarre um still no date still no gameplay so kind of what we expected we figured if we did see Death Stranding it would be the same thing just another one of these videos that people would go crazy for um and I I want to set the tone here correctly because we've kind of talked about this and we make fun of it at times um both of us but it, it's not that i'm not interested in the game kojima is an excellent game director um, i'm sure the game will be amazing when it releases and i'll probably be there on day one probably with a collector's edition in my hand but um as we've said before this whole just hyping these games up and taking up so much time of a games award show for uh for something that's likely not even coming still even a year later since we started talking about it probably still not coming for another two years i would bet i'm, I'm probably banking on a 2019 release date um it just seems silly to me i don't understand the the fascination with it yeah and i, I like norman Reedus as much as you're the next walking dead fan but it was interesting <laughs> to see him come out and get a standing ovation for not doing anything that we've actually seen yet aside from some trailers but um, that's my biggest yeah, problem. Even in movies. I mean, yeah. he, you know, I, I don't understand. The, he's in Walking Dead and he was in, uh, you know, what's the Tarantino? Dog Saints. Yeah, thank you. That wasn't Tarantino, was it? No, no not at all. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking and let you continue. We'll just move <laughs> on. No, but I was just saying it. I mean, this, this game was teased two years ago, um, two E3s ago. And I think anything that's going to have a Kojima name after the Metal Gear Solid book, I guess you could say, has been shut, is going to be just... People are going to go insane for it. And 
you know, I have nothing against Kojima at all, but this Death Stranding game has just been shocking to me because people are nuts for it. It just started full production in 2017, but it's been teased for two plus years before that. So it's a little disappointing for me, and this is something that I have in, in a problem with in general in the gaming industries where we hype games up for years before we even see anything, um, and people are just going nuts about it already. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I, I hope it's cool. Um, right after the trailer ran, I saw tons of websites already coming up with theories of, you know, what the game is going to be about. We have no idea. Um, and then what gameplay features will be there, what Norman Reedus's character is going to be doing, what he's not, what is just from a suit. So I think this really runs the uh, entertainment of watching social media jump up for me um, all over the place. But I thought about just responding to a few of them saying, um, well, we still don't know anything about this game. What are you guys talking about? But then it's just not worth it. It's just not. It's just, it would be me considered trolling when I don't need to be doing that. So, but <laughs> it looks cool and just totally weird. And I have no idea what just happened with those eight minutes. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And the funny thing is I love weird games. I hope it's got some horror elements. I hope it's crazy. I love that. But um, yeah, until we, until we know more about it, I'm not going to go nuts for it. Um, <clears throat> one thing we finally do know about that we've been seeing for a couple of years is Sea of Thieves. So Sea of Thieves got its uh, release date trailer, which is going to be March 20th, 2018. Uh, the full beta is coming in early 2018, but beyond the insider access that's open right now. And um, afterwards, they also showed a custom controller. So one of those uh, really nice uh, Microsoft's devices teams or Xbox devices team really do well with these. It's a custom Sea of Thieves controller, and it's got like a fluorescent purple skin, and it's got a skull in the middle that glows in the dark as well. It's it's really neat. So that's coming, actually. I don't know why, but it's coming a month before the game in February. So I don't know if they're releasing that when the beta is supposed to be coming or what, but... Um, you can actually already pre-order that now if you're interested. Yeah, game looks really cool. There's a lot of people already talking about how this game's amazing before the embargo. I think the embargo is still running while the game plays really, really well. Um, things are coming from it. So Microsoft obviously banking on this game to do well. Um, should be cool. I mean, I want to see more of it. I, I was not part of the alpha or the beta. That's Is the beta still running? I can't remember. Is yeah, it's, it's, it's been running for months. If you're an insider, so you can, like, I could log in and play it right now. It's usually open most weekends. But uh, the one thing I will say about it is that that concerns me is that um, if you're, it, it's one of those games that is really more fun, it seems, if you're playing in a group. And they're making a lot of strides to make it so you can play in a group, even if you don't have friends in the game. You know, like I got in there and I played with some random people, started chatting with them and we had a good time. But if you're one of those people who doesn't like to talk to random people and like solo experiences or a single player story driven thing, this is not the game for you. It's just not. Wait, I, I thought EA said that single player games are dead. <laughs> that's, that's not true. No, no, I think uh, I think uh, in fact that you we were getting off track. But did you see was it? uh Sean Layden threw a, a jab at them. Um, basically, I, I don't know if it's Sean Layden, one of the Sony guys at PSX, yeah. basically said that single player games is what they're doubling down on. So, which you yep. know, of course, got applause. So, <clears throat> um, World War Z game got announced, and this is an interesting one because you saw the footage and it looked. You didn't know if it was Days Gone, just some other zombie game. Um, but I, it, it's cool in theory. A World War Z game could be really cool, but I don't know where they're going to go with it. I don't know if it's going to be like a state of the state of decay type thing where it's like a, you know, post-apocalypse game that you have to survive. I don't know if they're going to go down the route of like just a pure action game where you're shooting zombies in co-op or something, or if, um, you know, it's going to be something in multiplayer. They didn't really describe the game at all. We just saw some footage which looks similar to the movie. So it'll be interesting to see what this one turns out to be. 
Yeah, I didn't. I don't really have much to say on this one. It was kind of a surprise for me. Um, I know the World War Z series of books is kind of a big deal, so maybe they're banking on that. I know there's a movie coming as well. Sequel, so, yeah, in 2019. Yeah. I don't. I. I, did, I had no idea this was even in development. So surprised. We'll see what happens. I'm over zombies though. That was back in the 2000s for me. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, so big PSX, not announcement, but uh, details, I guess, is Shadow of the Colossus. This is a beloved game that um, you know people are really looking forward to being kind of a full remake where they're really overhauling it. And so at PSX, Sony did show some of the enhancements that are coming for PS4 Pro owners, and it looks really impressive, um, including, you know, they're going to have a high frame rate mode or, uh, you know, kind of 4K higher resolution mode. Um, and they're also releasing a special edition, which comes with some in-game goods, some prints, and some other things. And that even the special edition uh, is only $49.99, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. I'm a huge fan of, of that whole series, Ico and Shadow of Colossus. I'll be picking it up. Um, I, I enjoyed the first one a lot, so can't wait to play that one. Yeah, I, I've never played that one, so this will probably oh, be the, the way to play it. Um, and I did mention that comes February 6th as well. So, yeah, I'll probably pick up the special edition for that one. I figure why not. And then uh, one of the huge announcements from the Game Awards, which I don't think anyone expected, uh, was that Bayonetta 3 is coming. Um, Bayonetta 1 and 2, very highly rated games. Um, Bayonetta 2 originally exclusive to the Wii U. Um but Bayonetta 3 is coming, and again, it's exclusive to the Switch. So they've got some relationship uh, with Nintendo there, but I think, obviously, just given the Switch's success, Bayonetta 3 likely to do a lot better than Bayonetta 2 did at launch. So I know you're a huge fan of these games as well. Yeah, which is the exclusivity to the Switch kind of surprised me because Bayonetta 1 and 2 did release on PC recently with an awesome port, I guess you could almost call it, at 1080p visuals, 60 frames per second, and it was running just amazing. And it's really weird to see the sequel of it now coming out on the on the Switch, and only to the Switch. So maybe it'll maybe it's a timed exclusive or something, or I'm not sure. But that being said, I can't wait. Um, I hope more people actually get their hands on it. Let's see if the Part 3 maybe comes with Part 1 and 2 available for the Switch as well, kind of like they did with Bayonetta 2 on the Wii U. You could actually play the best version of the game before the PC released on the Wii U for Part 1. So let's see if they do that. Um, looking forward to it. Um, we didn't really see much aside for some boots um, that came through. It was a really short <laughs> teaser. Um, but, you know, once again, fans went crazy. Little tear came down, and it was great. <laughs> All right. So I think... Um... Do we want to kick over to new releases? There's really not much, you know, all the releases other than PUBG coming Tuesday have really come out. So you want to run us through these? Real yeah, quick? before we jump over there, I did want to mention a couple things about the game uh, awards from the actual vibe of the awards. I thought it was very oh. interesting. I think they're getting better and better um, year over year. I think there's definitely still some things they need to work out, like letting developers talk too long uh, when they get their moment of <laughs> a minute or two that they're supposed to talk, specifically talking about uh, Joseph. Oh. Yeah, Joseph. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was just a really weird interview um, slash <laughs> announcement about things. Had some funny moments, but the other thing that was funny is like, so when they got up to talk about the microphone, the microphone was like down here to people. <laughs> so you even had like uh, people that are not very tall struggling to get to the microphone. Um, but when <laughs> when it got to the Nintendo guys, it was like perfect height. Uh, uh, but uh, but who's I, I don't I can't think he's super tall, but man, he was struggling to make contact with that microphone. But um. <laughs> It was funny. I mean, there was a few things. The other thing that was funny is after commercials, they'd come back and there'd be an eBay deal. That was just really weird to me, but I guess that works in the industry. But I'm glad they're getting better. Uh, the production value is definitely up. I like seeing the symphony there. It was cool. What were your thoughts on the just the presentation? 
Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought it up. I forgot that we hadn't really touched on it. Um, no, I agree with you. It's gotten better. Um, you know, if you compare it to some of the old game award shows or even the first one that Keeley did, it was uh, a lot better production. I agree about the music as well. I thought that was really neat how they did uh, variations of famous game music, you know, with that symphony. I thought that was awesome, especially because they played some Witcher music as well. So um, <laughs> the uh, the eBay deals were weird. Um, I have to imagine, um, you know, Keeley's trying to up trying to up the production of this and and it has to cost an extremely large amount of money right so he's got to get sponsors and funding and i just have to imagine that he has to do some of those things that are you know he tries to keep his you know uh, some of them are kind of cringy i guess you could say like the ebay stuff but i guess he doesn't have a choice right so for some things so it was certainly better than last year's uh Schick razor man that was yeah. swimming around which looked ridiculous and then, um, yeah, I agree with you. Some of the developers talk too long and he doesn't really know what to do. You know, they need to have like a, a cut over to someone else ready to go. And yeah, he definitely uh, was looking for a way out of that interview. So, sorry. Just going to take a moment of silence so we can move past this. Um, <laughs> and then lastly, um, with, yeah, with Joseph Ferris, he's become an internet sensation. Um, you know, all I saw on Twitter and social media right afterwards, like this guy's great. And uh, funny enough, as ridiculous as it was, I bet you it, it put more exposure for No Way Out um, for the game. So um, yeah. I'll just leave it as I need to know what he was drinking because it looked to be good. <laughs> it was good stuff, whatever it was. <laughs> That's liquid courage, to say the least. Yeah, no kidding. To uh, to say what he said and write in the camera, yeah, yeah, good for him. Yep. Anyway. All right. Well, cool. Let's move over to new releases. This is really short this this month. As you guys know, it's towards the end of the year, so the release schedule for a lot of these games in general and developers is really slim. Um, as a matter of fact, most of the games that I'm going to talk about, with the exception of one, are all remasters or re-releases on some form. So let's get started with Resident Evil Rev uh, Revelations 1 and 2 is now out on the Switch. Um, they did come out on the same date, which was the 28th of November being reviewed pretty well with the 78 strong. Uh, this is a little different from your typical Resident Evils, and I actually tend to enjoy them a bit. I haven't played part two, so I'm looking forward to check it out. Uh, next one is Dead Rising 4. So this was originally an exclusive for the Xbox One. This is the uh, first time the Sony folks are seeing Dead Rising, and this one's called Frank's Big Package. So um, specific to the PS4 right now, I'd be interested to see if uh, Xbox is going to get the complete edition, <laughs> the big package. But um, this is uh, they did a release on December 5th. Uh, it's scoring pretty well, depending on how you view the Dead Rising series with the 73 fair on Open Critic. Next one is Doom VFR. So this one is due out specifically for the PlayStation 4 Virtual, but also for the HTC Vive. Uh, this one did come out on December 1st, scoring very average right now with the 70 fair. So not a horrible game, but the, v, uh, the VR is kind of getting mixed opinions from a lot of people. And then lastly, I guess the uh, last big game of the year for consoles, aside from PUBG, is Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Uh, this is also an exclusive to the Nintendo Switch. This did come out on December 1st, and it's actually being reviewed pretty well with an 83 strong. A few people actually have scored this game really, really high. So if you'd like the Xenoblade Chronicles series, this one should be right down your alley. But um, with that, those are all the big releases that have uh, come out in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we should see what else comes out for December as far as big games, but that should really be it for 2017. But um, Ains, what are you really playing right now with as far as just what, you, what is in your library and in and out of your consoles? Yeah, so uh, finished Wolfenstein 2, uh, which I loved and adored. Um, other than that, I've been so busy. I traveled a week ago. I was gone all week, and then I've been working on a lot of stuff. So I haven't actually had a lot of time to game. But I, um, 
you know, multiplayer with you guys and the friends. I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty still and a lot of Star Wars Battlefront 2, like I said, enjoying both. Um, when I do want to just kind of go into a world and mess around for a bit, I'm still throwing in Assassin's Creed Origins. Uh, I want to keep playing through that. I really enjoy it. Uh, just yesterday, I uh, tamed a lion, and I had a lion walking around with me, which was just hilarious as you walk through towns and people get all freaked out. Game kills me. Um, I did pick up, uh, which just came last week, the um, Limited Run Games, a uh, copy of Nex Machina. So... That is a really fast-paced, you know, arcade shooter from Housemark, and I love those style of games. So I actually played that for the first time just yesterday, and uh, enjoyed the hell out of it. And I'll be putting some time into that as well. Um, running this weekend, um, you know, that I, I hadn't really gotten into before is the Monster Hunter World beta on the PlayStation Four. So dialed that up yesterday, started playing it. Um, Got to say, you know, and I'm, you know, people will kill me here, but I'm really not that impressed. Uh, I. I don't know what I was expecting. I, maybe I was expecting something more like fully open world that you could just go and explore and do whatever you want. Um, and instead, you know, you kind of get a quest, you pick a hunt, and then you go do the hunt. And it's just a little more closed off and limited than I, I would have liked. Um, didn't really, it didn't really do anything for me. So I don't know if I'm going to be picking that one up or not now in the future, but we'll see. Uh, then lastly, uh, like I said, PUBG comes Tuesday. I've never played on PC just because I'm terrible with a keyboard and mouse when it comes to shooters. And so I'm really excited to try this on Xbox. So we'll see how it is. Yep. Uh, I've been traveling a lot too. and been super busy with work lately. So my, my gaming life has been very slim uh, as well. But one thing that I did play a ton of um, on my travel was Mario Rabbids. So that game is fantastic. We'll touch on it a little bit more later. But um, also Black Friday, I picked up a ton of stuff on sale and, and almost free. I almost feel guilty for stealing the games. But um, picked up Origins, uh, finally started that. I'm only about two hours in, so I really can't say too much about it now other than it looks really pretty. Um, other stuff, Call of Duty World War II. Um, already finished that one as far as the single player, but the actual story um, is really good um, from what I played it. And going back to Prey. So even though we don't have any enhancements out for that one yet or anything, I wanted to give that one another try because I was kind of let down on the, on the quality there. But um, we'll see. So that's what's going on. Okay, so let's move over to our main topic today. And as I did mention at the very beginning, if, if you're still listening with us or listening to just the main topic as we've taken it out of our bitcast, we're going to be talking about our favorite games of the year. Once again, we are uh, going to be picking our favorite game of the year as far as season gaming goes on our website to where we'll have an article written out for it and everything. But for the bitcast and for this main topic today, we're going to be talking about a bunch of subgenres and kind of just our top overall five games of the year. And this is, once again, personal opinion. We're not even looking at you know critical reviews metacritic or open critic or anything like that this is just what we personally feel are our favorite games of the year so let's kick it off Ains. what are your um five favorites and just really quick what you thought and why you think each one of them is fantastic yeah so um i'll start with my favorite game of the year and that is prey uh, which you were just talking about so i wrote the review for prayer on the website um you know finished it several months ago now but uh it just really struck me um it is the first game that I've played since the original Bioshock that really, I thought, entered you into a world that was immersive and that was unique and very, very well developed in the sense that you had to uncover the secrets within it. But once you kind of started down that path and started, you know, piecing things together, the the image or the story that it told was just incredible. It, um, you know, it opens with the first hour being a really cool kind of surprise. And then it ends on something that kind of blows your mind as well. 
you know, maybe not to the level of Bioshock, um, but it's still very, very cool. And uh, it just, you combine that with, um, you know, the way you can use the, uh, the alien abilities or the Typhon abilities. And um, I just had a great, great time with it. So um, did we, what you want me to talk about all five? Or you want to kind of go back and forth here. What do you think? Yeah. Why don't you go through your five and just something really quick on each one. And then we'll talk of the subgenres as well. Um, and then that's it. We can go back and forth. I know we're going to share a couple of these, so I'll, I'll talk even shorter on the shared ones. Okay. And then, um, so uh, we'll talk on Mario. Mario is uh, in my top five as well. I think uh, we kind of knew, you know, we knew this was coming all year is that Mario Odyssey, a mainline Mario 3D game on a new Nintendo console is always going to be something special. Odyssey has not disappointed. It's critically, it's the highest rated game of the year. Um, it's in, it's incredible. It's incredibly well designed. It's uh, fluid and unique and added some new mechanics. The worlds are cool. It's got a great flashback, uh, you know, kind of levels and mechanics and it's just fun. Um, and it's huge. So, you know, I'm over 200 moons now, which, uh, sounds like a lot, but compared to some people, it's, uh, it's nothing. So the game, it just has a ton of content that you can go through. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn would be up there. Uh, reason I brought Aloy back out here. So I platinum that game. Um, really, really enjoyed it. It's, uh, one of my favorites of the year. Like we said, I think, um, you know, Guerrilla Games created something special with that game, especially on their first try in an open world RPG. They really nailed it. And, uh, it's just beautiful. And the, the world design is gorgeous. The mechanics around how you fight the, um, you know, the creatures or the, the mechanical, whatever you want to call them. I forget the name of them now. It's been so long. Um, was fantastic and that gameplay was really neat and it told a good story too so i haven't even gotten to the frozen wilds yet with everything else going on but i'm looking forward to diving into that soon wolfenstein 2 so this is uh i would say my fourth and um this is just an amazing shooter it is uh intense crazy gory fast uh, very reminiscent in mechanic style that we saw out of bethesda for doom last year which was our season gaming game of the year uh, very similar, but it told a really good story. Um, you know, the antagonist just uh, was brilliant. The voice acting is incredible. Um, the, the way it's written is excellent. It's just a really, really, really good single player shooter, um, which, you know, Bethesda seems to just kill still. So really like what I'm seeing out of that development team and that studio. And um, it's it's definitely up there. It, it's made me uh, purchase the season pass because I want to just continue playing some of those stories. And then uh, the one which uh, I was kind of waiting for. So let me just have a sip of my drink and uh, figure out what I want to do for my fifth one here. <laughs> Cuphead, of course, um, is uh, my fifth one. Uh, absolutely adore the game. Um, as you can see, I told Bert that I had a little surprise for him when we did this segment. So I'm just going to kind of sit here like this and let him laugh it up. Over there. Um, <laughs> love the game. I've talked about it at length. I did the review for it. Um, one of my favorites of the year, bar none. I think if it was a, if it was any other year other than 2017 uh, with as many great games as we've gotten this year, it may even be my game of the year, despite it being a smaller, you know, cheaper title. But just uh, how unique it is, the artwork, the style, the mechanics, just everything about that game is grade A. And if you haven't played it yet and you love 2D games, you love shooters, you love retro games, absolutely play it. Go buy it somewhere. So um, those are my five. You want to go ahead and I'll, I'll, I'll let you take over from here. 
my freaking straw, man. Straw. <laughs> oh, wow. Didn't see that one coming. Okay, uh, let me go through my five really quick. Um, and my number one game for this year, personally, is Zelda. Um, I, I can simply say it's my favorite Zelda of probably all time. Um, and the fact that you can take it on the go with you, play at home, and, and the number of things you can do with that game just blew me away this year. Um, so that's my number one. Um, Mario, funny enough, it, it actually surprised me more than I was expecting, and I was expecting a really good game. I, I, I hadn't seen all the worlds, obviously, in the trailers, and I actually tried to go kind of silent on it to where I didn't have everything ruined for me and all the uh, the coverage that was on that game. But, man, that game is fantastic. I'm, I'm at about 180 moons. Um, and kind of the craziest thing about the game is you'll play a, a really good campaign or story. Yes, yeah, so after you finish Mario the story, there's still an entirely different section of the game that you didn't even get to see during the story of the game. And there's a times seven, times eight moons that you still have to find and go after. And there's, I mean, when I finished the game, I actually picked up the uh, Super Mario 64 skins for Mario. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. And you can play it the way it looked before. So what a game. Um, and Nintendo Switch killed it from a first party perspective this year for me. Um, and it came really close between Mario and Zelda, but uh, Zelda takes it for me just because I think I'm more of a Zelda person than a Mario person, which I know is sacrilege for a lot of people, but I've always kind of grown up with Zelda. Uh, my next one is uh, Horizon. Um, as Ains already talked about, it was a big game for me as well. I actually did not buy it at launch, which I regret because I should have got the collector's edition. But I waited a little bit to kind of see if it was really as good as everybody was talking about. Picked it up. Every aspect of the game is fantastic, with the exception of a few quests that are, to me, are just extra fetch quests that are in the game. But um, fantastic. Probably one of the most beautiful games of the year until some of the newer games have come out. But wow, that game is just so good. Um, I also picked up the DLC. I just haven't had a chance to play it with everything else coming out, but um, I'll probably play a little bit more of the original story, come back to the DLC once I get the buttons down. So great. Um, kind of a surprise for me for uh, one of my games of the year, because I, I do think it's game of the year uh, quality for me is Injustice 2. Um, for me, that's massive because I am a big DC uh, fan in general. So seeing all those come together, the story's fantastic. Everything you can do unlocking, it's fantastic. Um, the characters that have come out from DLC, even with the new surprise of the Ninja Turtles coming, have all been pretty good, because as we've kind of seen recently from DLC in general, we kind of get let down for some crap DLC that comes. When it comes to Injustice, they've been hitting it pretty hard, um, even seeing Hellboy come. I mean, that's a dream come true for a lot of people. So um, probably one of the best fighters I've played in a very long time, and as I mentioned earlier in the BitGast, I'm not a big fighters person anymore, so really cool. And even more, seeing all those characters come together and be able to work in, in a game with all the moves and everything is just massive for me. And then finally, um, another surprise a lot of people just probably don't understand or see coming. For me, it's F1 2017. Uh, the reason is because I'm a huge F1 fan. I've been following it for a very long time. And the last few releases of the F1 games have always been missing something, whether it be a mode, a feature, cars, maybe tracks not rendered properly or something. Um, F1 2017 is the first one since probably F1 2013 or 14. Um, that has the full package and then some because there's a lot of retro cars that you can race from the 80s and 90s and some of the old Ferraris and McLarens and everything that you can kind of race on tracks too. So um, fantastic game, my favorite racer of the year. Um, and that's saying a lot with what's come out this year. So those are my top five. Um, and as I said, before Ains and I talk, we're going to kind of talk together and kind of see what we believe is the season gaming game of the year. And you'll see that from our website. So once again, just our personal opinions, not saying that that's what the site thinks is the best one. But um, let's go ahead and jump over to our subgenres that I talked about before. And these are very random and just some things that we kind of ballparked and um, 
ballpark, just brainstormed, I should say, um, of just different things that we both believe. We'll talk about each one of them and then give, like I say, a sentence or two about each one. Um, and the first one we're going to start with is one that's probably the most popular genre right now. It's just our favorite shooter of the year. Um, Ains, why don't you kick it off on what's your favorite shooter of the year and why? Yeah, this is tough because there's a lot of good shooters, and Wolf 2 I adore as well. Um, but for me, it's got to be Prey. I guess we're throwing that in the shooter category despite having uh, you know, a lot more kind of mechanics and story to it. But for me, it's definitely Prey as that's my overall favorite game of the year. Yeah, mine's going to be Wolf 2. Um, man, if you do not have an Xbox One X or if you have one and haven't picked up Wolf 2 yet, you have to buy it just for how beautiful it looks. I mean, the game is fantastic. The story is bonkers. Um, there's so many things that uh, Wolf 2 does that other shooters don't, and that just makes it a lot of fun. So you have to check it out. I mean, who starts their game in a wheelchair as a shooter? Come on now. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, um, next one is racing games. What's your racing game of the year? Yeah, so I didn't put a lot of time into racing games this year, but it would have to be Forza Motorsport 7. Um, you know, it's the on Xbox One X, it's a showcase title, so native 4K60, and then the Porsche license returning, me being a huge Porsche fan, is is that's big for me. So, um, yeah, really like what they did there, and I do think that the whole loot crate thing in that game was 100% overblown. Okay. I'm going to go with Gran Turismo Sport. Um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that with a straight face. Um, well, it's hard for me to argue this one because I just talked about it as my top five games of the year, so F1 2017. And if, you have, if you're if you an F1 guy in any form whatsoever, you got to play the game just to kind of feel the speed and the turns that F1 Sport gives you. Um, but yeah, um, and we'll leave the other joke alone. We're not going to expand on why it's not where near us. Um, fighting for you, Ains. Everybody knows what my fighting game of the year is. Yeah, you. yeah Injustice 2. It's not even close. Um, Injustice 2 is phenomenal. And NetherRealm just continues to push the bar beyond what other fighting games are doing between the character designs, the the homage they pay to all of the characters and how they work together. Like you said, you add in that gear system, which is fantastic. The online tournaments, um, it's it's untouched, in my opinion, in the fighting genre. Yeah. And you're not even a massive DC fan. I mean, you're a DC fan, but, you know, you don't go way back and kind of love them. So it's kind no, of massive for you to say. Yeah, it's it's still just it. You know, I've been playing fighting games. I used to play in some tournaments in my younger years uh, in MK and Street Fighter, and they they just push the bar more than any other developer in that genre, in my opinion. Yep. All right. So this next one um, is our indie title of the year, and there's been a ton of great indie games this year, but uh, we both came to the same one. And Ains, what is it? I think it's um, Cuphead. I think that's what we're gonna go with. <laughs> you've got the you've got the Mugman cup too, right? Yeah, yeah, I got it right here actually. Hold on, hold on. He's got the big blue nose. There it is. Yes. Nice. See there nice. Cuphead's really happy that we just mentioned him too, as you can tell. So Yeah, I should have actually brought my vinyls, my my new uh, Funko vinyls of those here. I didn't bring it to the desk, but um yeah, I got the vinyls too. But yeah, Cuphead folks, if you have not played this game, um you should pick it up just for number one how cheap it is, but just the art style. Um, unfortunately, it's not super easy if you're more of a casual player and don't feel like getting frustrated, but it does have an easier mode than the standard mode. But you have to see this game play. Um, it's, it's definitely a marvel. Um, let's go ahead and move over to third person. So third person um, is kind of a, a tough one for us to kind of narrow down because there's so many different types of third person games. We did try to narrow it down to our favorite third persons and uh, we've also touched on these already but Ains, what was your favorite third person really quick yeah so kind of like adventure style games and for me it would be horizon um like i said it's just a phenomenal game and uh loved it to death 
Yeah, uh, mine would be Zelda, and it's just it's kind of a tricky one because it's uh, third person is probably my favorite genre. Yes, I like it more than FPS, but Zelda for me was just something else. I know you tried it, and you're probably going to come back to it later. But uh, Horizon, I know, just kind of stole it for you this year. And a Aloy was a great character to kind of start yeah. off a whole genre. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, Sony hopefully making her one of their premier, you know, franchise characters. Yeah, same here. <laughs> uh, next one, which is kind of a category that's changed a lot throughout the years and even generations, but we went with traditional RPG. So um, whether it be a Japanese RPG or American RPG, we kind of lumped these into one. And funny enough, we both agreed on this one, Ains. What's, what's this fantastic title? Yeah, Persona 5. So it's a shame that, you know, with just so many brilliant games out in 2017 and this coming earlier in the year that it, it's kind of getting overlooked by some people. But man, what an amazing, amazing game. Um, and even for someone like me, I'm not an anime fan. I don't get really into the um, that genre I just or that style, I should say, would make more sense. But yet it's just it's such a good game that um, you definitely need to play it if you enjoy RPGs. Yeah, and a lot of people that hear JRPG, they're immediately turned off by certain games like that, but I think everybody should at least try Persona 5, um, or any of the Personas. If you have a Vita or a PlayStation 2 or anything like that, the previous Personas are fantastic. So these are very different. Art style is amazing. I would actually uh, put this one up there with some of the other games like Cuphead and stuff for art style, because there's just so much going on, but Persona 5 is fantastic. Um, okay, so this next... Um, the genre or, or kind of topic of a game that we're going to talk about is kind of very different from what you'll see other people talk about, but it's a, the backlog title that you finally got to and enjoyed. So um, if you don't know me and Ains, we buy a lot of software and a lot of times some of that software that we get on a great deal will, will sit on a shelf with the package still on. I, I can probably pull out stuff that are still packaged. But um, this year we did play some games that we kind of came back to to play and um, Ains, what are yours? Yeah, so this was hard for me because I, I think with all the great games, I was so busy playing the new ones, reviewing things, talking about things. I didn't really get to anything that's been sitting around. But one that did jump out to me was Path of Exile. And let me just explain. So Path of Exile has been out on PC for four to five years now. I was actually a beta supporter, so I've been on that for a while. I've been meaning to go back to it, but it released on Xbox One this year. And because of that, I've got a good buddy who likes ARPGs like Diablo style. And uh, so him and I kind of got into this. I started fresh, started over again, made a new build, new character, but um, we played it quite a bit. And uh, I was kind of glad to go back to that world because it is an absolutely amazing ARPG. It's up there with some of the best ever now and grinding gear games uh, deserves a lot of credit. So that's that's what I came up with. It's not one that's really been sitting around on the shelf, but it is an older game that I kind of got back to this year. Yeah, so mine are completely weird and different. So um, my first one is Dying Light, and I have two here that I'll talk really briefly on. So Dying Light, um, I didn't really know what to think about this game. I actually bought it a long time ago to play with a buddy of mine. He got it, and he played it nonstop to where I just couldn't keep up with where he was playing, so I shelved it completely, came back to it, got the full co uh, collector's edition, um, sorry, the complete edition that had all the DLC on it as well, and I loved it. So Dying Light, if you haven't played it before, it's all co-op. Um, and you can play it together with other people and go through the story. It's it's done so well, and it's very different from your typical FPS because you don't just blow people away, but you can level things up and do some really fun things with it. Um, the other one that I had on there was Bloodborne. So I actually have stayed away from a lot of the From Software stuff because, like I said, a lot of that stuff frustrates me because I maybe just don't have the patience that a lot of people have with there. I was waiting for the Pro patches to come out for it, and it never it never really came out with a legit um, 4K or anything like that, but it does run a lot smoother on the Pro. So I picked it up, and I loved it. So Bloodborne for me was a lot more than the uh, Dark Souls and, and Demon's Soul game that had come out in the past, so loved it. 
Um, so next one. So what's a game that um, we just couldn't get into that a lot of people had uh, you know, talked about? You hear critics talking about it on their social feed. What are they doing this weekend? Um, so we added this to ours. And I'll start out first to let Ains kind of finish up since I've been talking a long time. But mine really quick is Splatoon 2. So um, I actually did not play Splatoon 1 on Wii U. I was kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. I don't have a lot of friends that play the Wii games or Wii U games or Nintendo Switch games. So I never picked it up socially. Um, I tried it part two and just couldn't get into it. I, I, I tried numerous times. I tried three times not to play and I just can't get into it. What about you, Ains? Yeah, so you're going to, you know, you were laughing at me for this one. Um, and I can already see the torches in the distance. So I'm going to have to uh, say this quickly, but uh, Zelda. So Zelda is considered by nearly everyone to be game of the year. It won game of the year at the Game Awards. It'll probably win game of the year at, uh, you know, most major outlets. And I have it, have the limited edition, played it, actually enjoyed it. Um, I like it much more than prior Zeldas in the sense that I love the big open world and just being able to explore. Um, but there's just, I don't know what it is about Zelda that just doesn't do it for me. It's, its I don't know if it's the style. I don't know if it's the uh, characters and story. I don't know. Um, so I have something like seven to 10 hours in it. Um, and I really do want to keep playing it. And I probably will. I've just got to find time to do so. But I... Um, you know, I don't know what it is. It just doesn't suck me in like it does some people. But I do appreciate the design of the game and that they really expanded the boundaries of what it meant to be a Zelda game. I thought that was really well done by Nintendo. Sorry, I think there was some uh, feedback there coming. Is everybody hearing? Is okay? No, <laughs> didn't, no. didn't hear anything. Okay, yeah, sorry. no, they, they were going to get their pitchforks. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and move over to the next genre here. We're moving through these pretty quick. So, um, what was your most disappointing game of the year? <laughs> Uh, so this is The Witness, and this is, um, so this came out last year, uh, got rave reviews, people talking about it was absolutely incredible and amazing and mind-blowing, and, uh, yep, nope, it's not. Um, I just, I, again, this is one of those games where I feel like I'm on another wavelength from the people who love it, I just don't understand. Sure, the, the island was cool, sure, the puzzles are really well designed and how they integrated it into the world, yes, I'll, I'll give it all of that, but from a complete game perspective... Um, I have no idea where these critics were getting these review scores from. And especially, like, I was waiting for the aha moment at the end where you finish it and, um, you know, something amazing happens that's mind-blowing. You say, okay, that was really cool and worth it, and I see what it led up to there. Um, nope, that doesn't happen either. Uh, after the game ended, and I did beat it, completed all the puzzles, um, I just kind of sat there staring at my screen for a minute, like, um, you know, what just happened? Was that it? Is there more? Did I miss something? And uh, I don't. Yeah, that that game just it made me mad just looking at my achievements that I actually sat down and went through all those puzzles because I don't I don't I didn't really enjoy it at all. Yeah. So um, the the way to unfollow somebody on Twitter, guys, um, you want to go to. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. went from I went from Zelda and Witness, so I'm trying to piss off everyone equally so that. Yeah. Uh, Right. I don't know. Um, I'm sure I'll probably get a lot of haters here too, because um, a lot of our friends love this game. But my most disappointing game of 2017 is Destiny 2. And let me mention why it's disappointing, because I was really disappointed with Destiny 1, and all of the comments, all of the developer comments about we heard you, we this is coming, this is now improved. Um, I ended up picking up Destiny 2 discounted and was still feeling ripped off. Um, so I. I just don't understand the Destiny uh, craze. I don't understand people put thousands of hours into it. If you do, fantastic. It's just from it's not for me in general. Um, so to me, extremely disappointing, um, and it gets worse every time I hear more negative press about Destiny. So 
just don't get it. Okay, um, next one uh, is going to be surprise game of the year. So what's a game that you know you uh, thought would be good or something, you played it and it kind of blew you away. So what, what's yours, Ants? Yeah, I, I didn't really have a formal one here, and I, I, um, I don't know. I'll say two. So, um, you know, I think uh, kind of with you on this one in uh, Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, it was a bizarre kind of announcement. Everyone was like, is this for real? And it came out, and it's actually a really, really well-done game, very fun and enjoyable. I think if I had to pick one, though, it would probably be Hellblade. Um, so Hellblade was um, – I was looking forward to it, pre-ordered it, um, you know, it was supposed to be a AAA experience, but half the length, so it was thirty dollars instead. I did the review on it, platinumed it. <laughs> so uh, I think, in terms of surprising, I think it was because of it gave you an experience that no other game that I've played thus far has given me, um, and it really dove into some um, issues with people that may be suffering from, uh, you know, some mental health issues that I don't think um, you know other games have done. So it was mature in that sense. And I think it was one of those games that kind of uh, pushed the bar forward for the industry as a whole. And that we'll look back on in a few years to say, you know, that was really impressive at the time. So I think that that's probably got to be it. Yeah. And so I, ha I have two on mine and one of them is kind of a cheat. But yeah, it's, a, it's Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Um, wow, what a surprise. The 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 loyalty to the Nintendo, um, I guess, brand in general that exists in that game, and the details on every single one of the battles that you go into. I mean, you can see each one of the characters get scared. You see their facial reactions and everything in the game while they're playing, and, and just the animations for each one is so, so good. But uh, the reason I think it's kind of a cheat for me is because I'm actually going to say most of the Nintendo Switch library. So Nintendo has been kind of failing in general when it comes to home consoles with uh, software, first party, or I should say anything third party. Um, and the stuff that's been announced, the stuff that's been releasing, I had no idea would come in year one of the Nintendo Switch. I mean, it hasn't even been a year, and we already have two games that are in game of the running for uh, and running for game of the year in almost every publication that's out. And there's other games that have sold amazingly well, and more things coming that you can get on the Switch that you can never get on Nintendo before. So, props to them. There's a reason why they're leading in sales this year, and um, I hope they keep it up. And there's more good stuff coming from them. So, good job. All right, and uh, what are some games that you didn't get to in 2017 that you really wanted to or you can't wait to get to? Ains? Yeah, so I, I did get to it. I've actually started playing it. I'm having a ball with it, and it's cool that it got an Xbox One X enhancement as well, but Evil Within 2, so a big horror fan. And I uh, started playing this when I had some time with the Xbox One X at launch. Um, like I said, really enjoying it, but you know, just with uh, extra work lately and in so many games, I haven't put the time into it that I wanted to. So I'm going to get back to that one soon. And then just a quick shout out to uh, one of the Black Friday deals I picked up finally a year later is Dishonored 2. And I really want to play through that. I've heard great things, knowing how much I love Prey and uh, just what Arcane builds in their worlds. Um, I want to go back and try that one out. So those would be the two. Yeah, so um, I, mine's going to be Prey. I know that's your game of the year um, and something you'd love, and that's probably one of the main reasons I'm coming back to it. I played it, and I was kind of let down with some of the performance, excuse me, uh, performance and some of the graphical side of stuff, um, and I was hoping to see uh, an enhancement come out sooner than later. Nothing there, but I am giving it another try. And to touch on one of the things you were just talking about, um, Dishonored 2, so that would probably be something that I've been kind of let down on. I, I, it has not sucked me in as much as I thought it would, um, and so we'll see if I finish it off, but there's so much software right now that it's really easy to ignore a lot of stuff. So we'll see what happens. Okay, yeah, really, our, oh, go ahead. So, sorry, I was just going to say, I really do hope they're still going to work on a uh, Xbox One X enhancement for Prey. It needs it. You know, it is a little dated in that sense, and it, supposedly it runs way better on PC, so there's no reason why 
they shouldn't do it for the Xbox One X. I'm really hoping for that. Yeah, I actually have downloaded the demo for PC, and my PC is it's decently strong, but the One X is stronger, um, and it runs amazing in PC. So if you've played this game in PC, then you know what I'm talking about. Other than that, um, it's kind of a letdown. We haven't seen anything yet, but I hope it's in the works. Um, and then the last thing that we're going to talk about on this main topic is what are honorable mentions for our top five of the year, and something that you've probably seen going around the industry as to other people's game of the years. But um, I'll just touch on mine really quick. Uh, it's Resident Evil 7. Um, this game kind of came out, and a lot of people didn't expect it as a first-person shooter uh, or first-person experience in general, and it blew me away. It was actually fantastic. I'm actually thinking about replaying it because it got a really good enhancement, um, and I can't wait to see that. And then I've heard that VR, um, it plays really, really well. And then my second one is Near Automata. Um, was really surprised at this game. It's been reviewed really well everywhere, so I can't really say it's something that's just special to me. Everybody that really kind of gives it a chance likes it a lot if you're into that Japanese style of, of gameplay development. Um, but it plays really, really, really well, and I definitely suggest that if you're open to that kind of stuff, it's, it's awesome. What about you, Ains? What are some of the ones you think that are just honorable mentions? I've got one here that people probably didn't uh, really factor, but they should, and that is, of course, um, America's Greatest Game Shows. So if you're going to play Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, this is the way to do it. <laughs> oh, but, <laughs> but seriously, uh, I, <laughs> I will let go of Resident Evil 7. It came out in January, so it's being overlooked um, and you know nowadays because it's been out almost a year. But uh, if you think about that game, it really took, uh, and the reason they called it Biohazard, right, is they took it back to the roots of Resident Evil. The first two-thirds of that game are absolutely incredible. One of the best horror experiences I've played in years. And, uh, you know, keep in mind, too, they also did the entire game in PlayStation VR, which uh, I haven't actually tried, but I've heard is excellent as well. Many, many people are saying it's the best VR experience yet. So um, I would also like to call it Assassin's Creed Origins. It is, uh, I'm not a gigantic Assassin's Creed fan, but I think it's uh, fantastic. It's absolutely stunning on the Xbox One X. It's a huge open world, really well designed. Um, you know, it's got loot and tons of missions and you can explore and just wander around and it's really, really fun to play. So enjoying the hell out of that one. And then um, we kind of mentioned Persona, we kind of mentioned Hellblade, which I was going to throw up on this part. Um, this is not an honorable mention for top five of the year. I actually forgot it with a surprise game of the year, and it's a smaller one. But just to give a shout out to uh, Super Lucky's Tale. Um, really fun platformer. It's one of those that kind of got uh, hit by some critics harder than it should have, I think. And what's funny now is as people are picking it up for you know cheap on the Xbox One X or Xbox One, um, I'm seeing a lot of comments around, wow, this is really a fun platformer. It's just like the you know Nintendo 64 style, but with uh, modern graphics and sound design and a lot of fun worlds and fun playtime. Um, and I, I would echo that. It's actually really fun. So if you enjoy old school platforming games, I would give that one a shot. Good, good stuff, man. Um, all right, well, let's go ahead and shut out the our main topic today. Just to want to mention that 2017 was an amazing year for games. Um, I don't think we've seen as many triple-A experiences or anything along the lines of how many high-rated games that we have. I think if you look at some of the Metacritic and Open Critic Hall of Fames, a lot of the games that are the highest rated of all time were from 2017. So um, if you're still catching up like we are on games, you know, welcome to the club, but 2017, what a year. So as I did mention at the beginning of the topic, we are going to be kind of breaking down um, specifically what we think are the best games. And like I said, we'll crown the game of the year 
before the end of the year. So you'll be seeing that from us in the near future. So um, thanks for listening in on that side of stuff. So um, one of our next sections, which is one of our favorites, is our collectibles that we've picked up in the last um, couple of weeks. Um, I know I've been traveling a ton, so I haven't been able to pick up some. But uh, Ains, what, what have you picked up recently? Yeah, so I was just going to touch on these, which you can kind of already see or have seen. So I did pick up um, the Cuphead and Mugman um, actual mug and cup set. So these are actually you know porcelain mugs. They're very, very, very cool. They've got the prop straws, so they look just like they're out of the game. I'll never really use them. They'll probably just sit on a shelf, but um, they're fantastic if you're a fan of the game. And then as you can see right here, there's a Cuphead print. It's uh, from Bottleneck Gallery. This is something that they only made 150 of, and I was lucky enough to get in there right away and order one. But it's a really, really nice uh, art print, and um, I have that up on my wall with some of my other old indie game stuff. So some uh, some nice work. Bottleneck Gallery, if you've never checked them out, do some really nice things, uh, both for gaming and, and movies, uh, along with uh, music as well. So if you collect like uh, band, you know, posters or something, check them out. They've got they've got some good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I haven't really picked up anything. I mean, I did pick up some Black Friday sales, but nothing as far as collectibles go. I did get the uh, Cuphead uh, Funko vinyls that did come out, but I, I left them in the other room before doing this. So unfortunately, I got a miss on this one. But um, let's go ahead and move over to our favorite section, which is the season reflection. <laughs> so Ains, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so um, knowing that Mario Odyssey is in the running for Game of the Year pretty much everywhere, it's one of our favorite games of the year, I was reflecting on Mario in general and the legacy that as a character, you know, he's one of the most iconic there is. So um, I went way back and went to Super Mario Brothers 3. So I was listening to something um, a few weeks ago and they were talking about the greatest Mario games of all time. And uh, this one is always in the conversation. In fact, it's usually between Mario 64 Super Mario World or Mario Brothers 3. And I, I personally probably lean towards World, but uh, Super Mario Brothers 3, if you weren't around at that time, because I realize we're going back a long ways now in the NES uh, you know, era, but when that game released, it was a cultural phenomenon. It was on TV. This is at a time when video games were really still not a, a giant industry like they are now. There was no social media, um, you know, no internet, nothing like that. And so, but this game just, this is what you did. You came home from school and you found your buddy who had Super Mario Brothers 3 and you gathered there and you went and played it. And it was on TV and it was on, uh, and I'm going to bring up the uh, the movie with Fred Savage. What was it? The Wizard? The Wizard, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, it kind of took over. Um but uh, it's it's a fantastic game. It's still playable today, of course, as, as all those old Mario games are. And uh, if you've never played it and you're kind of catching up, if you're one of those people that's a younger gamer, but you like to go back to see and appreciate some of the older games and you haven't gone through the Marios yet, absolutely make sure that Mario 3 is on that list. It's, uh, it's an amazing game. Yep, yep, fantastic game. Um, let me kick mine off real quick. I'm going to go with uh, Bioshock for the <laughs> NES. <laughs> No. All right. Yeah, this is just fake, guys. It's a little collectible. But um, my actual uh, season reflection is Street Fighter Alpha 3. And uh, the reason I'm touching on this one is because I was talking about fighters and how they used to be a genre that I used to play, gosh, all the time. I mean, um, Street Fighter Alpha 3 was one of my favorite ones from the original. They kind of changed directions. They went into like an EX three-dimensional world as well, and I didn't care for those too much. But Alpha 3 was one that I played at the arcade nonstop in college um, and really enjoyed it a lot um, when it finally came to consoles and you could kind of play this. Um, 
man, it was it's it's still good. Actually, it's it still looks good. Um, but yeah, you can actually uh, play this one on the original PlayStation. It even came out on the Saturn, um, which I believe was the better experience, just because the Saturn played fighters a little bit better than the uh, Sony PlayStation. But um, the lineup, um, the characters, they're all fantastic. I think it's the probably the best Street Fighter where all the new characters kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I still enjoy playing with Fei Long quite a bit, but um. Yeah, uh, Street Fighter Alpha 3. So check it out if you still can. It, it's still very playable. Um, you can play it on numerous consoles now at this point. So check it out. Yeah, Fei Long's always the best. He's the Street Fighter Bruce Lee. Gotta love him. Yeah, he's just the wannabe. <laughs> but uh, okay, guys. Well, that's it for our BitCast this week. Hopefully you enjoyed. If you're either listening to the, the short uh, excerpt, uh, excerpt uh, from the original or the entire BitCast on audio, we definitely appreciate you listening in. Gaines, anything you want to talk about before we uh, disconnect? Yeah, so just a few things to talk about. So um, I did an interview with Anthony Palma, who's the CEO of Jump, an uh, indie game service that um, you can download and play on PC right now. I thought that was a good conversation with him and, and talking about you know games as a how you deliver games to an audience, uh, their service, and what they see in the marketplace. So if you haven't checked that out, please do. I'd appreciate it. I also have an article coming. I was at a um, local event here outside of Kansas City, a gaming event, which included a Call of Duty tournament, a PUBG tournament, and just a bunch of uh, local people getting together for some streaming and events and land play and tournament play um, run by KC Game On. And they've actually asked me to write an article covering the event. So that article will be coming here in the next few days, and I'd appreciate you checking that out. It's going to be kind of a new series, not a new series per se, but... Uh, something we'd like to do, which would be shine a spotlight on uh, gaming communities, um, something kind of unique there. And then lastly, um, I'm doing a uh, PUBG giveaway. PUBG is coming Tuesday, and I figured, you know, pay some goodwill forward by giving away a copy on Xbox One. So if uh, if you want to get involved in that, just look for me on Twitter, which is uh, Porsche Power, um, which you can find me pretty much anywhere. What about you? Great. So yeah, we have the Call of Duty World War II review that we're going to be doing, and that should be coming out probably while you're listening to this um, in the next 24 to 48 hours. So um, this will be on video and written out. So we hopefully enjoy that one. As you guys know, we don't review stuff the day it releases early. We review it once we get to them and kind of give our impressions even more now that Call of Duty has taken a little while to get on its legs with all the server issues and stuff they have. So hopefully you enjoy that. Um, other than that, thanks for listening, folks. Make sure to like and subscribe if you did enjoy it. We do approve any uh, feedback that you guys would like to give us on our Facebook group. And if you're listening on audio, thanks for listening in and make sure to rate us if you can. Thanks for joining guys.